The views and opinions expressed in the following episodes are those of the individuals and are not meant to insult or offend anyone. Jeez, dark and gloomy much? Are you trying to be an edgelord? Well, then how should I put it then? I don't know. How about... We come in peace. We mean no harm. We may spoil some things. We may swear a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of Little Nerdy. I'm your host, Michelle. And I'm her co-host, Owen. And today our episode is about American Horror Story. Again. Again. Okay. Uh, First, shout out Black White Check. Incredible work. Thank you for the new intro and outro music. Mm Mm-hmm. Deets will be in the show notes. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, before we get started. Yes. Something I meant to do on the episode I did it, and then the next episode. Yeah. But I am... As you like to say, tea for brains. <laughs> so I just want to also give credit to Black White Check for the idea for the solo episode that I did. Yes. Thank, uh, thank you for helping mash out with that whole my work schedule and everything just being completely out of whack right now. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, fun little story. Before we get into this, I want to say how... At my job, there's a pool league playoffs going on. Uh-huh. And there's actually a really cool kind of story. If you want to hear... Yeah, sure. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, is there, you, just, you looked off to the distance like, oh, here we go again or something. But uh, one thing I want to say that's really cool is that... A, um, yeah, you, know, you know how a lot of people like underdog stories? Yeah. Well, in this little playoffs that just happened... And these are like the top caliber teams of all of like Central Alberta and stuff. The two or three teams that were expected to take first, second, and third place or whatever, they were knocked out about midway through. Wow. Yeah, like they got beat by uh, some teams that were really, you know, bringing out the big guns and they were not pulling any punches. Yeah. And gotta say, it was like, even though it wasn't like huge wins for the teams, the underdogs that beat them, the fact that they got beaten was uh, some incredible playing from the teams that actually pulled off the wins. It was like, uh, I want to say, like, team the team that was ranked, like, 7th out of uh, 16 uh, teams that were in the league, they took, like, first place. Uh-huh. So it's, like, middle of the pack and everything. So maybe not the true underdog kind of story, but just the fact that it's, like, the whole, you never know what happens until it happens. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was, like, all the teams that were in the very final top four and everything, everyone was kind of, like, shocked. It was like, wow, really? They took first place or second, third and everything? Nobody was, re- like, not any of the teams was like, they didn't care if they w- uh, won or lost at that fourth, second, third, and first place and everything. Yeah. They were just like, we did way better than we were expecting, and that was something to really hold their heads up high about. So, you know, the whole... You never know what you can do until it comes time to step up to that plate and swing for the fences. Exactly. All right. Um, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out because it's kind of cool to see how um, just because, you know, the whole David Goliath type story, mm-hmm. 
you know, don't uh, cut yourself short until, uh, you know, or like, you know, don't think a little of yourself. It's like, you know what, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to give it my all. And if I don't win, you know, so what? And if I win, that just goes to show how awesome I am. And I think a lot of people should kind of really take that approach with a lot of things, be it sports, recreational things, um, work and whatever. Mm -hmm. You never know how good you are until you give it your all. Exactly. Okay. Uh, so let's get into the episode here. Yeah. Okay, so we're starting off with American Horror Story Hotel. Yes, season five. Yes. So this is, uh, I wasn't quite sure what to expect. What did you think when you heard American Horror Story Hotel? What were you kind of like in your mind envisioning? Uh, a fucked up hotel. Yeah, that's fair. And stuff. Just a hotel where a bunch of weird crap happened. Yeah, I mean, being that this is the fifth season, I definitely was expecting a lot of uh, cloak and dagger type stuff going on. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, uh, the, this is going to be awful. This is going to be horrible. Let's see what kind of shenanigans happens in this place and how big the body count will get. Exactly. All right, so let's start it off with a few of the actor uh, actors and actresses that are in the series uh, season yeah so of course we got the legendary kathy bates yes sarah paulson evan peters um you know those are some re uh, recurring characters angela bassett dennis o'hare yeah mm -hmm. and then this was actually a big name drop that i was actually really shocked and kind of surprised to see lady gaga yeah was in this season she and was and, you know, she wasn't playing herself or anything, but no. it was still just to see her in this. And she didn't have, like, just a small one or two episode thing. She was actually a pretty big, pivotal character. Yep. For sure. So it wasn't just some kind of, like, oh, try to hype up the season or whatever. It was like, no, no, no. If they're going to bring in a big-name actress like this, this was way more than that Stevie Nicks that, that was in Coven. Well, I don't know if it's way more, but... No, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying it's like, the whole Stevie Nicks was a big, like, name to bring in, and mm -hmm. she, having her do her song in Coven and everything, that was awesome. I'm just saying Lady Gaga came in, she didn't sing, she acted. Yeah. And she did an incredible performance. It wasn't just for one episode kind of thing, yeah. like uh, Stevie Nicks did. Yeah. That's what I mean, is like, the whole, it was like, okay... Let's really use uh, her acting chops and get this, uh, make a great character for her. Yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, any characters that uh, you feel like uh, we should also talk about before we get into kind of the whole, you know, what we kind of thought and felt about it? Yeah, um, so Wes Bentley was back, and he played Detective John Lowe. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they had... Matt, I think his last name is pronounced Bomer, um, and he played Donovan. Yep. Um, probably going to butcher her name, and for this I apologize. Uh, <laughs> Chloe Sevigny? It It's a very unique name. I. It's a not... lovely name, but just, I'm bad at names. Um, <laughs> but she played uh, Dr. Alex Lowe, which was John's wife. Yeah. And we had Cheyenne Jackson playing Will Drake. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Okay. Now, that's just like a, a few of the main characters. Like, there's a huge reoccurring guest uh, list name to 
names to drop here and everything. Yeah. But, of course, like anyone can go to Wikipedia and look that up. Yeah. We just want to talk about the main pivotal characters. Yeah. Okay. So, let's start off with... Okay, so like I said, when we said, like, the starting and seeing, oh, hey, American Horror Story Hotel. Yeah. How screwed up is this going to be? How surprised were you with um, a lot of the, the the way that it started off with the detective trying to get the what do they call him the Ten Commandment killer? Yeah. So this guy's trying to find out who's killing people based on the Ten Commandments. You know, like thou shall not covet thy neighbor's wife, thou shall not steal, thou shall not bear false witness. Yeah. Those are just a few of the ones I can name off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um. What did you think of that as a plot device? Oh, well, it was interesting. It definitely kind of reminded me of that movie Seven. Mm, yes, yes. Yeah. You know, where what's in the box? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I think that's a line that it's like, it's so simple. And maybe reading it on script, it's like, ah, is this going to be a good line? And was it Matt Damon said it? No. Or uh, Brad Pitt. Or Brad Pitt, sorry. I sometimes get those two a little confused. They're both good-looking men. <laughs> and way more talented than I could ever be. <laughs> you know, just a just humble, you know, <clears throat> bow my head to the greats. Uh, but yeah, just the whole, what's in the box, the way he flips out about that, it's like, okay, he made that line, what's in the box, sound incredible. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely an interesting premise, and I kind of liked it, like, they're going after a serial killer. Right. Yeah, this... And there was definitely a like a very strong M.O. or signature, whatever you want to call it, for the victims that he chose and how he mutilated them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Took trophies. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this. Because uh, as someone who's a bit of a true crime enthusiast... Right. Um, is, you, is kind of like taking a part of the victim's like body or, you know, maiming them... Or even an article of clothing or something that was on them, a possession or something. Is that kind of a more true than not of serial killers? Yes. Oh, okay. It dep- okay, it depends because you ask two different things. Mutilation is one thing. Taking trophies is another thing. I mean, can, can I, I can, okay, so this isn't like, you know, big game hunting like for deer or moose or something like that. This is people and... To me, that's a huge difference of like, okay, well, you're not, you know, hunting a deer for the meat and then going to put the antlers on your wall. This is a living person who's had, a, like, has family and mm-hmm. friends. So to me, right there, that's a huge tragedy and it's really sad for any victim of a serial killer. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's like, I can't view any, you know, uh, taking a trophy, even if it's just like, say, snipping the hair off. Mm-hmm. To me, that's just, that's kind of like, in my perspective, mutilating the body and disrespecting the victim horribly. Yeah. Maybe I'm just an overly sympathetic, you know, weak-hearted SOB. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> um, but it's just like, it's kind of two different things. Okay. Because if there's like mutilation of the body, right, yeah. which tends to lean more into like the signature of the killer. Yeah. And then there's the taking of the trophy, which you're correct, can be like someone, you know, taking their eyes, for example, which is a mutilation that also involves a trophy, right? Mm -hmm. But you also have serial killers who might just take pictures or might, um, like you said, take a lock of hair or 
might grab a bracelet off them or take their clothing or whatever, right? Something that they can look back at and relive the crime. Yeah. Right. And so a lot of times when a serial killer mutilates a victim, it's more to do with their signature versus a trophy. And when they're taking something from the crime scene to relive the crime, then it would be a trophy. So. Oh, okay. But yes, it is true that there have been many serial killers that have done that. Mm-hmm. Okay. With some, sorry, with some going as far as revisiting the crime scenes. Yeah, and I mean, that's an old, I'm not sure how true it is, but I can imagine it's quite true, the old saying, the, what is it, culprit always returns to the scene of the crime. He's like, I, I've heard that saying since I was a kid, and I can imagine that it's quite true if it's a saying that has stuck around and uh, I'm sure a lot of detectives and uh, analysis or like people that talk about it is like, oh yeah, you know, you couldn't help but come back to your scene of the crime. Yeah, well, a lot of times they won't even like. It's different because like Ted Bundy, for example, yeah, would go back to the bodies. Yep, and he would like put makeup on them and do horrible his things, disgusting Ted yeah. Bundy things, right? But then you have other serial killers, or just killers in general, who will um, come upon the police and be like, oh, I live in this neighborhood. Or I, you know, oh, that's horrible. Like, But that's how they're revisiting the crime scene, is that they're interacting with the police more, right? And not every killer goes back to the scene of their crime, but some do. Yeah, so I was like asking, like, is it more true than not? Um, the trophy thing is more true. I'm not sure about the revisiting the crime scene, because it just depends on the person, I think, so. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, what was the, okay, so, kind of starts off with, uh, what was it, Detective John Lowe. Yeah. And, now, when we're introduced to this character, I can't remember why, but he goes to the Hotel Cortez, and... A murder happened there. Oh, right, right, the murder, a murder happened there, and do you remember what room he ended up staying in? It was 16-something, wasn't it? No, just two numbers. 16. No, it was room number 64. Oh. You know why I remember that one? Why? Because one of my favorite consoles of all time was the <laughs> Nintendo 64. Well, look at you go. I was like, oh, cool. I was like, you know, just put a little N right there. And I was like, my, my nerd heart would be filled with joy. Mm-hmm. But uh, with, in regards to that whole, you know, just all, I'm not sure if that was any kind of intentionality with that or whatever, but I just thought it was kind of a cool little. What was the room? I wonder if they were paying homage. I'd have to look it up. Mm-hmm. So don't quote me on this, but I wonder if they were paying homage to like The Shining. With that, I I think they were. There was definitely a lot because like a, the Stephen King's novel universe and a lot of the movies that they would do, they did try to kind of have the numbers being significant. Where it's so it's if you really if you read the books and you understand what's kind of going on, there were details where it's like if you just watch the movies and have no context to things, it's like oh something might just go right over your head. Whereas other things you'd be like. I understand what they're doing with that. I knew what the director and everyone was, you know, setting up there for us to kind of pick away at and 
again, little tidbit. Mm-hmm. So, but let's be clear that the Ten Commandment killer is not the only killer we meet in this. Oh no no no! Well, not the only yeah. Uh, maybe the only well oh, no oh, not the only serial killer right right I forgot about that yes no I or sorry I just go through my head I was like well I mean I'm counting the living ones I'm counting the living ones as well okay 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 let's just kind of progress onwards a little bit before we have the people going what the hell are they talking about so he ends up there, and this is actually where Dennis O'Hare plays one of the characters that I think had a really good build-up story arc and climax with a lot of things. And same with Kathy Bates. I mean, Kathy Bates was great in Freak Show, and it seemed like she got to play another great character. Mm-hmm. But unlike Freak Show, in Hotel, her son despises her. Yeah, her son's a big piece of shit. Yep, Donovan. Yep. And so, uh, let's see. All in all, when it comes to... Uh, the the beginning was kind of weird for me in a lot of ways because it just it just felt like a, like an acid trip or something where yeah. the plot didn't make a lot of sense. So let's just kind of go through real quick and explain kind of everybody's like story a little bit, right? So Kathy Bates works at the hotel... Right. Yeah, she's uh, the bellhop and stuff like that. And her son is Donovan, who's a piece of shit. Who's in love with the Countess, uh, a.k.a. Lady Gaga. Yeah. And stuff. And then you've got Liz Taylor, played by Dennis O'Hare, who was by far my favorite character in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's lovely. <laughs> we love her. Um, then you're introduced to Sally, who's a ghost. Right. The Countess is a vampire. <laughs> I'm just throwing this all out there for you guys real quick. Countess is a vampire. Sally's a ghost. Got another ghost by the name of James Patrick March, who was a serial killer and the builder of the hotel. Which I gotta say, I think Evan Peters pulled an incredible job off yeah. with being very theatrical and passionate with this character. And it was just so incredible. It was such a fun... It was, like, the, the character's disgusting in ways, because, again, he's a serial killer, but, yeah. yeah, just Evan Peters made it kind of funny and fun to watch. Yeah. And then... Will Drake, who buys the hotel. Yes. And ultimately mar- marries the Countess. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Angela Bassett playing Ramona Royal. Yep. Or Royale, depending on how you want to say it. And um, she's also a vampire. Okay. So that basically introduces you to the cast. And the reason we're doing it this way instead of the way we've done it the other ways is because it's really fucked up and it takes a long time in order to get to, like, understanding who everyone is and what their purpose is. Yeah. And we just, we don't have time to dissect it the way it happened, to be honest with you. Right. But essentially, the whole reason Donovan becomes a vampire is because he overdoses with Sally. Yes. And... Iris pushes Sally out a window and kills her, and that's why she's a ghost. Yeah, you know, uh, several story fall will def- and onto concrete will definitely make some people a ghost. It'll unalive them pretty quick. Yes, and then the Countess chooses to save Donovan and turn him into a vampire. He's in love with the Countess, but also pissed off at his mom. It's kind of 
an very... interesting story. Um, this wasn't my favorite season. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Of American Horror Story, it was good, but it wasn't my favorite. And I think it's because everything was so long, drawn out, and like really confusing to, not confusing, but. And there was some definite like to understand what was going on and what was going to happen, you had to go back in time with a few things. Yeah. It and so it kind of bounced around a little bit. Not as bad as like something like, say, The Witcher, where it's like you're kind of confused at where the storyline is. <laughs> well, The Witcher would have been nice if they would have said like 10 years previous, which at least the show did. But it was still a lot of jumping around. Exactly. Right. And stuff. But um, essentially... Lady Gaga's character at one point kidnapped John and Alex's kid. Yeah. Turned him into a vampire. They find him. Alex turns into a vampire to be with her son. Now, one thing to point out, though, with the uh, the Countess and Donovan being vampires... Yeah. ...is that it's not really, like, the quote-unquote Dracula, like, type turn into bats... Uh, oh, no, vampires. no. Like, they, they drink blood, they heal wounds and yada yada and everything... However, um, it is a virus. Yeah, they they call it like a virus or an illness from centuries past or whatever, right? Yeah, absolutely. an ancient illness, I think, is what they call it. Yeah, but it gives them eternal life, eternal air, yeah, eternal life as long as you keep drinking the blood of the living. Yes. Now, do you want to know an interesting fact? I've decided to throw some interesting facts in this time. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So, interesting fact number one, the hotel, which is called the Hotel Cortez yep. in the show, is actually based loosely <laughs> yeah. on the, uh, it was, uh, sorry, <laughs> took me a second to think about it, uh, so I paused, so you guys didn't have to listen to nothing. <laughs> um, the Hotel Cecil, Cecil mm-hmm. Hotel, right, because that has a very, it's also set in... Or, like, in California. Yeah. Right. And it has a long history. There's apparently a lot of hauntings there. Um, Richard Ramirez. And there was another serial killer. A guy from Australia. John something or other. That... (laughs) I'm so nice. John something or other. um, John Wayne Gacy? No, no, no. No, this was not... Like, he was from... Austria or Australia? Okay, because that's two different sides of the world. I know. Um, Hold on, maybe we'll look it up. Okay, sorry to all the Johns out there, because it wasn't John something or something. You know, just the fact that your brother and your dad are both named John. Hey, I had an uncle, a great uncle John, that went by Jack, so... Okay, fair enough. Hear me out. But yeah, the two uh, serial killer residents that stayed at the Cecil Hotel were Richard Ramirez... The Night Stalker. And can I? Yes. And Jack Untenweger, <laughs> who, fr- uh, who's from Aust- uh, Austria. No, Australia. No, Austrian journalist. The Oh, you're right. I don't know how to read. <laughs> oh, little Fräulein, I know how to read the English. <laughs> uh, okay, enough of that uh, butchering, butchering up uh, German accents. Yeah. Because I'm trying that. At least that, that's what I claim to try to do with the German accent. <laughs> and whether that was atrocious or not, that is up to the fans, you know. Yeah. So, and there's ties to, like, the Black Dahlia with 
the Cecil Hotel, and of course there was the unfortunate death of Elisa Lamb in twenty thirteen. There, so. So the 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 Cecil Hotel has a history. Yeah, and so that's basically what they why they based the Cortez on the Cecil Hotel. However, they also looked at the Cecil Hotel's kind of thing and were like, if we're gonna make this American horror story, Cecil Hotel, hold this beer. We're gonna. Crack the knuckles and start typewriting up really uh, feverishly and make this thing just a murder house. Yeah, so pretty much... Literally. <laughs> yeah. So pretty much what you end up finding out while you watch the episode, or the season, is that the Ten Commandment killer mm-hmm. was actually, in the beginning, James Patrick March. Yes. And he, he was a serial killer, crazy guy. He actually... The when he built the hotel and everything, uh, it was all going on. It was like, oh, just a regular hotel or whatever. And then one of the framers or architectural uh, steel workers was looking at the blueprints and went, uh, "This these blueprints don't make any sense because these hallways lead nowhere. These doors don't open. This stairwell doesn't work with this and everything." It's like these blueprints. It's like, and I just got to try this just once. Okay. I just got to try to pull off a James Patrick March. Why, of course, dear Sonny Jim, of course these plans make no sense. These are the rough copies. Come to my office. I'll show you what uh, the real plans were. And then things go a little squirrely and everything. Yeah, which, fun fact about that, is that was also based on H.H. H. Holmes. Nice. Right. He Not was sure a serial killer. Oh, okay. And he had built a quote-unquote murder hotel mm-hmm. that had... Like false doors, um, trap rooms, things like that, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's where that's based on, where he's got all these different things, yeah. right, and stuff. Uh, also, the Countess, yes, is actually based off of an old sixteen hundreds Countess. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. I can't remember what her name is. Well, you know, that's one of those things where it's like, I'm sure anybody with, uh, you know, they can look up with Chrome or Safari on their phone and probably look up that kind of information. Just go, who was the Countess from American Horror Story Hotel based off of and find that information. I don't know how to pronounce her last. I remember her last name. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it is spelt Bathory, but that's not how you pronounce it. And, um... She was, like, ridiculous. Like, she tortured Mm -hmm. and killed so many people, and then she bathed in their blood. Yeah, that sounds pretty part of the course for, like, how people were messed up back in those days. Yeah, and crazy enough, she was actually never charged with any of those murders. Or at least found guilty because of her high rank in society. Yeah. She was just forced to live in solitude in her castle for the rest of her life. Um, so yeah. It's kind of one of those, um, the perks of being privileged and stuff like that. It's like, oh, well, we're not gonna, you know, put you in like a rotting jail and have you wither away with chains holding you to the wall and yada yada and rats festering around you. We're just gonna let you live in your life of luxury in your hotel that you're never supposed to leave because we say so, but we're not gonna put too much, you know, to stop you from enjoying your isolation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about because um, I uh, let's we don't really have too much time left on this episode. Or do you want to just do a whole? Okay, 
I don't think this, uh, no offense to this season, but I don't think it's worth a whole episode. Okay. On this season. <laughs> Sorry. So then the <laughs> actor Dennis O'Hare, who plays... Liz Taylor. Yes. Now, I know you said this is your favorite character. Yes. Let's dig into that. Oh, I just loved her. Mm-hmm. She had great personality. Um, I loved... I loved my favorite scene. Yeah. For example was when her son came. She hadn't mm-hmm. seen her son in years. Because she kind of... I don't want to say she abandoned them, but she kind of did. Right. Mm-hmm. Before she had transitioned. I mean, you could say abandoned, but at the same time, Liz did send money to yeah. uh, her ex-wife and son to make sure that they weren't just, okay, well... We're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Because who, who Liz Taylor was before they transitioned, it was like the whole, you know, uh, wife, father, and a son, you know, Midwestern type family kind of thing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, dad's gone. How is mom and son going to afford the mortgage and have, have food on the table and everything? Mm-hmm. Liz Taylor made sure that it was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, send you money this way. It's not like just, I just up and left and was like, bye. Okay, so, you know, I gotta give props to Liz Taylor as the character for making sure that it's like, even though that wasn't how they were happy, they didn't ruin two people's lives just to make themselves feel good. Mm-hmm. Which is, is, is a commendable thing. Yeah. So, sorry if I took the wind out of your sails on that one. Oh, no, it's good. Hmm? I think it's good. Okay, uh, so if that's, uh, okay. Now, I uh, just want to add one little joke in. It was really kind of cool how they tied in a previous season, the Co- or, uh, Coven, with bringing in Queenie, who's kind of going on a vacation type thing. She went to the Hotel Cortez, mm-hmm. and I can't remember which vampire person attacks her in the hotel room, but <clears throat> they didn't know that they were a voodoo doll. Or the living voodoo doll person. Yeah, Queenie was. Yeah, and so, of course, it was just kind of cool. It was like the whole... Uh, even though they got the vampire healing effect or whatever, but they need to drink blood. And so Queenie's just like, okay, well, I'm going to start cutting myself and it's going to only hurt you and blah, blah. Like, that's her Mm -hmm. thing. But then James Patrick March, (laughs) he steps in and stabs her right in the heart, see? Mm -hmm. Can't kill the dead, sweetheart. Yeah. Which I thought was so cool. Like, uh, Queenie was, like, shocked. Like, how come this is hurting me and it's not hurting you? And it's like, well, you can't kill a ghost. Yeah. Technically, but... You know, that that all depends on certain details and how you view exorcisms and whatnot, but... Yeah. Okay, um, but no, it was just kind of cool to see how they tied that together, and I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can't kill the dead. Exactly. Okay, so... Real quick, I just want to talk about... Yep. There is an episode. Okay. And I knew about this before we started the season. Okay. Because I was listening to um, Murder Was the Case, and mm-hmm. Lee was talking about it. But the Devil's Night. <laughs> okay. Um. So we're not going to go too far into this because we might delve into it harder on a different episode. Personally, I would like to do that because the fact that there was all these big signature ones. Uh, you even had, but having Evan Peters there, you know, doing the whole, this is my assembly of uh, masterful serial killers. I would like to say I'm really proud of us mm-hmm. because between the two of us, we guessed... Several, or if not all, all of them. them, all of the serial killers that were there, 
And I was especially proud of you because you get some. You're learning. What can I say? You're rubbing off on me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically the Devil's Night is a, it's October 30th. And it's a night where all of, not all of, but a bunch of serial killers. Some of the big named ones. Yeah, come to the hotel. And that included Eileen Warnos. John Wayne Gacy. Yep. Jeffrey uh, Dahmer. Uh, Richard Ramirez. Yep. And the Zodiac Killer. And I think that was all of them. Uh, oh, wait. Uh, Dennis. Uh, no, Raider wasn't there because Raider's not dead. Oh, right. No, no. Um, who was the one that took the... Okay, we'll, we'll delve into it later. Uh, more in uh, a late, uh, special Friday episode or something. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, so it was a big night and everything. The first time you see it, it's kind of like, oh, this, this is not a good room to be in. This is what you'd feel like if you were a mouse in a room with, like, 15 hungry cats. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I just thought it was neat that they included that because they tend to try and include things that are... From the real history of things. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. Okay, so now we're going to move on to more... One second. T for brains just forgot to put mouth and gear... Uh, uh, brain and gear before mouth and motion. Okay. American Horror Story, <laughs> Roanoke. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Good job. It is a mouthful. It is. And this one ha- was season six. Mm-hmm. And it had some people returning again. So we had Kathy Bates returning, Sarah Paulson... Lily Rape was back. Um, Dennis O'Hare. Evan Peters. Cheyenne Jackson. And Angela Bassett. Mm-hmm. Now, a big thing to kind of keep in mind with this was that I was a little confused because this seemed like, uh, at first when, okay, uh, there's what, how many episodes in this one? Um, ten. Yeah. But when we were done... I think episode five or whatever it was. And uh, as the whole story progresses onwards, see, at first I thought this was a real life retelling of, is Roanoke a real town or was it a... Okay. So this is another thing that I kind of want to jump into more at one point and do a full episode on because it's very interesting. Yeah. Which is the colony of Roanoke. Yes, the colony. Right. And essentially, my understanding of it is, now this is before I've done the research to do the episode on it, but from what I remember learning kind of in school or whatever, on my own, whatever, is that it was a colony, right? Yeah. And they were running out of food. So some people went back to go get food Mm -hmm. to England. And when they came back, which you got to think back then. That's like a very long round trip. Right? Well, and especially because I believe this was in North Carolina. Yeah. Um, It wasn't exactly a two-hour drive to the grocery store. Yeah. And stuff. So, and it's the 1580s, so it's not like they have uh, tons of, like, motorized shit back then (laughs) to have, like, a motorboat or whatever, right? Like, it's all oars. I don't even think the steam engine was around back then. I don't think so. So maybe no, no, I doubt it anyway. So progressing onwards. Um, but yeah, so essentially what happened was they went to go get this food. And when they came back, like, a, I don't even know how long it took, like a couple months, I think 
Again, maybe you, a year? You, you're all, you, so you got to cross the vastness of the ocean and you're using essentially just wind power. And that can be unreliable as all get out. Yeah, like I think it took, it might have even taken up to a year to so... do. Um, anyway, when they got back to the Roanoke colony, it was abandoned. And my understanding is it wasn't just abandoned, like they were just their empty houses. Like the houses were taken down and there was nothing left to prove that they had ever been there. And all that was written on a tree was the word Croatoan. Mm, yes. Yeah. So, again, we had return characters. Kathy Bates. Or, sorry, returning cast, I should say. Uh, Kathy Bates, Sarah Paulson. Lady Gaga. Yeah. Wait, we already did this, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Uh we're both just a little foggy here. This season got a little convoluted. Yeah. So, I mean, it was... I would say this is a good season for the most part. Mm-hmm. It was just very confusing to me because when we started watching this, I honestly thought this was just kind of a filler season. Like, the writers kind of had this thought of, like, okay, well, we need to... We got something in the woodworks, you know, we're just ironing some things out. But we don't have something ready for this year's season. Mm. So they based it off of... Yeah, Have you ever heard of a show called Paranormal Witness? I've heard of it, yeah. Okay, so they talk, like, interview people and talk about things. And they do reenactments kind of thing. Yeah. Like it says on the thing, like, the reenactment of what happened at this place and blah, blah, blah. All kinds of things happen. And I... This is how gullible I was. I actually thought that this was the actual, oh, they're actually talking about the real things that happened at this place and blah, blah, blah. But then by episode, I think, five or whatever it was, yeah. they show that it's a show within a show. Yeah. And so the producer, I can't remember what his name was, uh, or the character who played this producer guy. Sydney. Yeah, Sydney. Thank you. Uh, he's kind of going with this whole he wants to bring back the real people that survived that whole horrendous experience there with the reenacting cast and do kind of a big brother uh, thing with it with cameras everywhere yeah so when all said and done with how everything goes it was very holy shit Mm mm-hmm yeah, it was definitely messed up for sure. And I understand your little bit of confusion. Because just to give you an example. Yep. Right. So you had Sarah Paulson just in this season playing four different people. Or three different people, sorry. Yeah. Right. And, for example, they brought in for this season, which was super awesome, Cuba, Cuba Gooding Jr. Right. Yeah. But he played in the reenactment portion, Matt, mm-hmm. right? And then he played Dominic in the non-reenactment portion. So it's weird when you have a TV show that has a TV show in it. Because I know at one point, once we got out of like the reenactment portion, yeah, you were really confused because they were calling Andre Holland's character Matt... And you were like, but I thought Cuba Gooding Jr. was Matt. And I'm like, well, he was Matt in the reenactment, but the real Matt is 
Andre. <laughs> well, and like when I saw that uh, they were saying the scandal between um, Dominic and uh, uh, Shelby. Yeah, but not the reenacting Shelby, the like the real life Shelby in the show. Yeah, which was I, Lily Rabe. Yeah. Yeah, and when I saw her or saw those two having a little love thing going on, whatever, there was a part of me going, "Wait, but that's." Cuba Gooding Jr., not Dominic. It's like, yeah. I was so dumbfounded <laughs> and it was thrown for such a loop that I, it, my brain just could not process. It was, the, and shut down. Yeah. So to try and keep this the least confusing for you guys, it's a show within a show. Mm-hmm. And basically, the name of the reenactment show was called My Roanoke Nightmare, and it does phenomenal. Yes. Which is why Sydney wants to do this... Return to Roanoke. Yeah, three-day event thing. Mm, right. Three days in hell. Yes, thank you. And I don't know... I just want to put this out there. Yeah. I don't know why anybody would do that. Yeah. Sorry, I just got some notifications clicking in. I'm just going to mute this. Sorry. No, you're good. Because, like, I guess I can understand... The characters that played in the reenactment going and signing up for this because they probably don't think it's true. Or at least there's no real danger, blah, blah, blah. But like in this three days of hell, Shelby, the real Shelby and the real Matt and the real Lee, they all come back. Like the people who experience this that they're telling this reenactment series about. And I'm like, why would you ever go back? Like, you already survived, like, this fucking crazy shit. And now you're going to go back? Right. It was just... Somebody's got a death wish. Right. And stuff. So, yeah. To keep it not super confusing for you. Yeah, not too convoluted or anything. And stuff. Essentially, it tells the story of Matt and Shelby and about how they move to this house. They piss off these hillbillies. Yeah. Um, ah, that might even be generous. They're like the hills have eyes kind of people, if you will. Yeah. Um, very trigger warning-ish. Uh, they get into um, cannibalism and they work deals with the ghosts or demon people of the Roanoke settlement. Yeah. Very... Oh, and also they have the police in their pocketbook, so... Yeah, and there's incest in their family. It's just oh, a whole thing. it's gross. It's gross. Um, Again, trigger warning, but I already said that. Yeah. So, anyway, they piss off the Polks because they buy this house from essentially under them. And they move in, and then all this weird shit start, starts happening. They end up surviving. Right. And stuff. And then they go on to tell their story for the reenactment. And then they go back for this Three Nights of Hell, where all of a sudden everybody's like, holy shit, what you guys were talking about was real. Yeah, it's like, really? No, duh. <laughs> it's like the whole, there's a part of me, it's like, if someone was like, hey, this, like, uh, I, I was at this place and I survived this ghost attack and everything. If I was going into something like this, like, not believing any ghost or stories or whatever, but I would, at, ver- at the very least, go all supernatural Dean and Sam Winchester <laughs> on this, bring all kinds of rock salt and a shotgun, iron, silver, 
you know, the works, make sure that I am armed to the teeth, because it's like, I don't know what I'm facing. I mean, bring some goofer dust and everything like that. That that, that was uh, one of the things that they... Ah. It's, yeah, in, in the show Supernatural, uh, like, you know, salt is something that keeps the ghosts or whatever, but goofer dust keeps, like, hellhounds away and everything. Mm. Like, there's all kinds of, you know... Anyway, it was a good, good show. Maybe we should do something about that later, but... Yeah. Anyways, I'm just saying, is like I would make sure that it's like something's gonna happen. It, it better be re- ready for a fight because I ain't going down without a good, you know, let's mono e mono this kind of thing. Yeah. You ain't the super strong, ghostly demon, blah 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 that you think you are. I'm gonna mess you up, boy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, all all in all, it was a good season of American Horror Story. Again, it wasn't my favorite. No, but it definitely had a lot of surprise twists and whatnot. Yeah, it, it was definitely good, and it was a different take on it, you know, with this reenactment and the show and the show. It was definitely interesting. Um, yeah, I think... Did you have any, like, favorite scenes or any, like, favorite characters? Um, You know... There was so much pettiness and drama between a lot of the characters and yeah. all these, like, love scenarios and blah, blah, blah. I really didn't find it easy to find a character that I liked in any way, really. Yeah. But I would say my probably one of my favorite scenes was when there's these kids, they're, um... Oh, what was their... Th- they, they had, like, a online podcast blog type thing. Yeah. They came in and they were like, oh yeah, so this way is to the Roanoke house and yada yada. They're going to be filming and this is supposed to be the Blood Moons coming up. So they should be there by now. And it gets gruesome. Like we're talking full on impalement with like uh, Vlad the Impaler style. Yep. Getting burned at the stake stuff happens going on. Yeah. Uh, oh, who was the guy that played the army soldier that, uh, or the arm? uh... Anyways, there was an... Oh, um, yeah, uh, two seconds, keep talking about him while I find his name. Yeah, so he comes in, uh, he was told by Sydney that he's supposed to, like, show up, no phone, no communication kind of thing, wear a pig ma- uh, mask type thing, and terrorize the people, because Sydney's like, oh, well, we gotta make sure that these people have these ghostly type things, they got... Um, motorized things like drawers and the sinks are supposed to explode at certain points so they can make it so it's like if nothing happens, they can make stuff happen to make all the characters jumpy and they're going to make a great, you know, several episodes series throughout these three nights that they were going to be there and how everything was going to go down. And yeah, that was the big kind of thing. Like everybody had phones that we could record, but there was no cell service with them because they just wanted them to be video cameras and, yeah, so the guy shows up and, you know, you really thought he was actually going to do a lot of cool stuff and be able to save people. But things went south very fast, and especially with the Roanoke uh, ghost people. Mm-hmm. So I believe it was Wes Bentley that played him. Yeah. And the name of the character was Dylan. Yeah, Dylan. Yeah. And stuff, so... Yeah, uh, what about you? Any liked characters? Because I don't want to say favorite, but anyone that you kind of liked in some ways, or even if it was for bad reasons? Meh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not a season that you loved. 
are not like one of the best seasons so far. Yeah, I mean, I let I always every season that we watched Angela Bassett in, I was always like, "What a badass!" Right. <laughs> so I would say maybe her character, um, Monet, who also played Lee in yep. the reenactment and stuff, and I thought it was neat that they brought Lady Gaga back, and she played a witch. Um, during oh. the Roanoke times. Oh, I thought she was like the main demon type yeah. person or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So she's the one that convinced uh, the so, people. Uh, Scatch, I believe her name was. <laughs> yeah, Scatch. Something like that. Yeah, S C A T H A C H. So yeah. it's kind of like, it almost sounds like Scratch, but Scatch. Something like that. Uh, anyways, <clears throat> so when she's kind of brought in to whisper to Kathy Bates' character, who during the reenactment, mm, no, she, like because Kathy Bates was uh, also a character who plays one of the main. Uh, was it was it the colony of Roanoke? That was what it was. Yeah, she played in the reenactment. She played the butcher. Yes, but for the Roanoke times, wasn't she also the butcher? Was that a different char- actor? Or that actress? was a different actress. Oh, okay, but yeah, the Lady Gaga's demon goddess type character who promises them bountiful foods and harvests and everything like that. Mm-hmm. They, uh, <clears throat> she comes in and is like, "Yeah, I'll make sure that your settlement and all your people are in good health and full bellies and everything like that." If you make sacrifices to me and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. She basically had to kill her entire colony. Yeah. So. So, and yeah, the whole thing kind of plays out like that, so. Yeah. Pretty interesting, um, interesting season. Yeah. Very, what the hell for like, and again, if you're a dummy like me who thought. You're not a dummy. And you, uh, you know, I just, you picked up on it right away. I did not. Yeah. I've also watched a lot more shows than you have yeah fair enough but with everything said and done i wouldn't i would say this is an episode or a season where it's one thing i've definitely come to learn from american horror story is that it's not um if a character will die it's more about when a character will die yeah pretty much don't get too attached to anyone uh, yeah, because a lot of the ways that these characters build, progress, and how things obviously get really bad and horrifying mm-hmm. is that uh, you have to feel a sense of you want this character to progress and survive or just you know not be an awful person or something like that. And quite often, horrible things happen to good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just wanted to touch real quick on the fact that in this, they also brought up, um, it was two nurses that they had in here. Yes. Right. Um, Which I believe you said were based on the real nurses? Kind of. Or real life? So, in this one, they have sisters, Miranda and Bridget Jane, who are nurses. They had bought the property to open up, like, a uh, care home. And they were, like, killing all their victims, and they were doing it by their name to spell out murder. But yeah. they never finished it because then they got axed by the Roanoke clan and the butcher, right? So the thing about that is they kind of took two different things and like meshed them together, if you will. Mm-hmm. So there were 
and I don't have the info right up because I'm a piece of shit who didn't do my research. Um, but there were two nurses who were, they weren't sisters, they were lovers. Ooh, scandalous. Who, who were killing victims and they were trying to spell murder. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of based on that. Um, I believe that happened over in, uh, I shouldn't say, I was going to say England, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, Long time ago, though. No. What? Well, you just cut me off on that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, well, we wanted to look up just quickly, and we weren't sure how long the search would take to find out about these nurses. Yeah. But, okay, so yeah, it was not in England. No, it was in Michigan. Um, Walker, Michigan, to be exact. And it was Kathy Wood and Gwendolyn Graham. And... Yeah, they were murdering their victims, trying... It was by the first letter or initial of their name to spell murder. Um, but it kind of became difficult to do, so then they kind of... They counted the murders as like a day. And they had a phrase of, I will love you forever in a day. It's disgusting. Anyway... It's kind of that, and then it's kind of, I felt like because they made them sisters, there were these two sisters, this happened a long, long time ago, um, because the Kathy Woods and Gwendolyn thing, I mean, they were born in the 60s, so that happened. Relatively recently compared to the sisters you're talking about. Yeah, and stuff, but they were two sisters who were maids, and basically... They, like, killed the family they were working for and, like, gouged out their eyes and stuff. And, um, I can't speak French, so I don't know how to say the phrase in French. But essentially, they were found to be suffering from, it's called a madness of two. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Or a madness of plenty or something. Anyway, um, yeah. So it kind of felt like it included them just because it made them sisters rather than, like, lovers, right? But the majority of it was based on that uh, Kathy and Gwendolyn chick. Mm-hmm. Chicks. So, And this is one thing I gotta say that I love about American Horror Story, that with everything that happens in a season, or one, one of the concepts that they have, yeah. they draw from real life things that have happened. And I'm assuming that the, the sisters that you're talking about... Is like that would like that was something where it's like maybe that's outside of America, but they took the two nurses there and they kind of meshed it together, so it's not like plagiarism or it's not yada yada. Well, certain things maybe because like we were talking about Devil Knight, where the the actual ghosts of serial killers and all the stuff that's going on. But the big thing to me is that they reference a lot of things in real life that have happened uh, and been these horrible crimes. But they haven't made it everything as a, just a copy-paste and, like, lazy-ish in plot development. Yeah. They actually come up with some pretty cool stuff with real-life inspirations. Yeah, and it could be, honestly, that the that they just got their inspiration from those Michigan murders. Yeah. And they just decided to make them sisters instead, right? Because of the time in which <laughs> they were setting it in or for whatever reason. But just when they were sisters in the show, it made me think of that other case. That's all. Like, it may not have had anything to do with it. It just made me think of that. So, 
No, absolutely. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, this has been kind of one of those, at least for us anyways, episode-wise, and just going on this tangent of American Horror Story. Uh, I don't know how to describe it other than these seasons were very convoluted and you had to really get into them and go on kind of a binge-watching thing. And pay attention. You really yeah. had to pay attention to the details. This wasn't... The other ones you maybe could have, like, put on in the background while you were, like, doing other shit or whatever. But these ones you couldn't do that with. You had to watch them because of the convolutedness of them, if you will. But they weren't bad. No, they weren't bad. But, again, it made it hard to kind of describe them. Yeah. But, again, just because it's hard for us to talk about them in essentially what would be roughly half an hour each. Yeah. And our favorite characters and scenes. They were a good seasons. Yeah. But not... Our favorites. Up, up to this point in the, in the AHS series. Yeah. Is, yeah, I would definitely say, I think... Oh, geez, what is it? it would be like uh, Coven or Freak Show... Yeah. Even Asylum was definitely creepier than uh, Roanoke and, to me in ways. Yeah. But for the most part, yeah, just like, they, it was kind of the whole, they built up these great starting ones, so to keep going off of that, it's like, you know, you gotta, you gotta expect at some point there are gonna be dips, not like this, yeah. like, crappy seasons or episodes or whatever. We'd it's, still recommend watching them. Oh, absolutely, and especially with what we know that's gonna happen later. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, it keep. I know a lot of people say this to their friends, like you. You just got to get through a few episodes. And it's really <laughs> good or whatever, and yada yada. It's like the whole. I'd say this is one of those times where it's like, yeah, just get through this season or these seasons. Well, more hotel definitely plays a lot of good parts and everything. Yeah, this season here was definitely one of those ones where it feels like it's its own standalone creature and beast kind of thing. Like, yeah. Like you said, Queenie came into hotel and everything to kind of tie them together in a way. Yeah. This Nothing ties has, this. Yeah, which doesn't make it bad. It just no. makes it unique and, yeah, you have to pay attention to the convolutedness. Yeah. Okay, well, I think that covers just about everything. Yeah. All right. Any final notes you want to leave off on with this? Nah. Okay, well, how about the unfuck yourself of the day? Uh, okay. So, again, it's the calendar by Gary John Bishop, and for today, April 12th, it says, Growth, real. Seismic growth hurts. Sometimes, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, uh, anytime I've seen it, like, uh, you remember having growing pains? Uh, no. Not really, I'm short. I didn't oh. grow much. <laughs> okay, well, you know... There, there's a lot of, you know, I know it was myself as like one of my knees were growing as a kid and everything. They hurt and yada yada. But, uh, you know, like growing pains as a kid into a full, uh, full grown adult and everything. It was a painful time. And uh, more specifically, growing up as a person is something where it's going to feel awkward. It's going to feel weird. And in some ways, it's going to hurt a lot, especially when you have to swallow that big old pill of pride. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, big growth will hurt a lot, but growth is something that makes everybody better at the end of the day. Exactly. Okay, well, thank you everybody so much for listening, and remember, no matter what your thing is or what you're into... At the end of the day, we're all just a little nerdy. <laughs>